Welcome to the Women in Technology podcast. My name is Sly Gittins, and this series is aimed at amplifying the stupendous, the amazing women that's inside of the technology field. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. Today, I have an extremely special guest. It's Jennifer Reader. She's worked here with me at Microsoft, and today she's going to share her story on how she get ca- got started in IT in her career and background, and also what's her passion, what's what keeps her going to continue to be a trailblazer within the field of technology. So Jennifer, would you start off sharing a little bit and how you got started and how do you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here, Sai. I appreciate you inviting me. I feel like I got to live up to that intro, so I'm going to do my best here to Bring it all, leave it all on the table, leave it all on the mat. Um, As you said, I'm Jennifer Reeder. I kind of had a non-traditional, I don't have a tech background. When I went to school, I started off at Clemson and did grad school then at Baylor with a year abroad at University of Westminster because my focus was international communications. So while important in the business world, absolutely nothing that we ground ourselves in here at Microsoft. But that was my passion. I, I love people. I think people are so interesting. I love their backgrounds. I love how we get together, how we come together. I love communities. I think food and dinners bring folks together. I think it's interesting when businesses get together and when they open offices in different areas, how you adapt your business and where the home office might be to the local area culture and customs. And that really was kind of where I rounded myself because I'm a people person. That's really my thing. So I was in school, had finished up, and was working for the Nationwide PGA Tour. Loving it. Probably don't have the energy to be on the golf course that many hours anymore, but it was great. It was really cool spending time with people and traveling. And met my husband. And my husband was an account exec at Microsoft. And when you get married and when they move you, because we got moved to Corp, came up to the mothership in Seattle, Part of the reload package and everything was they introduce your spouse to a recruiter to kind of help out. So I met a recruiter and very nice, loved it. I'm like, there's no way I'm working at Microsoft. This isn't my background. This isn't my skill. Love to meet them. New experience. I'll learn from the interview. Well, I got a second interview. I thought there's still no way I'm ever going to work at Microsoft. I have a comms background. This wasn't a comms job. It was doing like sales support type stuff. It's something called sales desk back in the day. So proposal writing and deal analysis. And I'm like, I mean, I can write. This isn't my thing. Got an offer. And I was like, well, it's Microsoft. This is like, at the time we were like Fortune 2 company, you know. And I was like, I, I can't believe they picked me. I've got to take this job. So I took the job and I thought, well, I didn't know if I really wanted to work at the same company as my husband, but it's Microsoft. You know, at that time there was like 75,000 people. So at main campus, I'll never see my husband. It's fine. It won't be weird. Same building as my husband. And I was like, okay, so it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. We won't ever see each other. It's the same building, maybe with the cafeteria, eh, same floor as my husband. I kid you not, Sly, by the time the whole thing said and done, we were working about six feet apart from each other. And it was the thing I could have never predicted. Yeah. But it was kind of funny because I would have never thought to join 
the organization because it wasn't my background. I was a non-traditional hire. Um, and I know we've kind of chatted a bit. You know, 10 years ago at Microsoft, if you didn't come from an Ivy, you might not have been considered. And I didn't come from an Ivy. So I was really a non-traditional hire. And I have to say my journey has been fantastic. So kind of a long intro of where I came and how I've gotten here. But for anyone who may be tuning in and listening, if nothing else, please take away. It doesn't matter how non-traditional you are. You can have the best career here and we will welcome you for it. So long story. But that's how I came to be. That was fantastic because um, it's some synergies for myself as well, right? Um, I have a degree in IT and marketing, but again, it's more I'm more half and half, right? I'm not a traditional technologist where I can go in 10 layers deep, and I'm not a traditional marketing person who loves doing like demand gen and all those things. I just can do the best of both. And Great. I went to the University of Buffalo. Good school. Again, it's not an Ivy League school. school. Um, it was a great school, right? So I love that. And uh, I got a chance to come here too, right? You know, I took a little bit different route. You know, it took me, I became an industry hire, they call it. Um, and, you know, the great thing is that you're right. The people that I meet is an eclectic background, different schools. Some people don't have schooling. Some people just have certifications out the wazoo. Some people just, it's just such a melting pot of net, uh, like, you know, background, diversity, the diversity of thought also, what makes it easier, makes a, uh, this makes it a little bit more engaging. Because I didn't see myself going to Microsoft, you know, um, doing this. It wasn't like that was in the cars. And I always thought about it. I always had a Microsoft computer since uh, like 1995. <laughs> I had that, you know, that was one of my first computers. The computer. It, you <laughs> know, like the actual thing. computer this big, you know. So that's how I first got it started out. I never thought of me going there with a thing that you could do. Right. Um, until one of my, you know, when I was at my last job, one of the guys, he didn't like slide, man, you're good. You sure you don't want to come to Microsoft? Like, man, I ain't coming to Microsoft, man. Like, I know I wasn't even thinking about it. He like, I think you might, you should apply for it. And um, and that was the best thing I did, right? It was hard. It was five, six, no, six grueling interviews, man. That was like the hardest interviews of my life. Yes. But I ended up coming, I ended up getting here, and it, it's definitely pretty cool. And um, luckily I got to stay um in Buffalo, New York, which is is fantastic. Um, but, you know, one day maybe I got to go out to Seattle, right? You know, so for right now I'm in Buffalo. So this goes into my next question. Um, you kind of answered it. What would you have told yourself earlier in your career? Like if you had that opportunity, better yet, I know we don't want to, you know, if we change what we told ourselves earlier, we might not have this conversation. What would you tell someone else starting their career? Uh, what advice would you give them? You know, the thing that... I've heard from fireside chats and the thing that rings true for me, be true to who you are. Don't change who you are. Do not listen to the unsolicited advice and opinions of people who want you to fit a mold. Look for the people who want to polish you into the statue of who you are at the core. And I think that is something I had some doubt. I didn't have a deep tech background. I've now started getting certifications and leaning in. And I let the image of what things should be sometimes cloud. And the thing I've realized at Microsoft is we we truly are an amazing organization where you will find someone like you, whether it's from where you're from, whether it's a similarity and where you went to school, whether it's a favorite food, like a background, a a travel experience, a college, anything, you're going to find someone like that. 
and we embrace each other for our uniqueness. Yeah. And it's something I've, I've heard, you know, Amy Hood's talked about. We've seen a lot of our female leaders talk about. I think as women, we get the criticism. Don't be bossy. Don't be too casual. Don't be. There's so much don'ts versus I'm pretty lighthearted. I'm pretty relaxed. I'd love to chat with people. Yeah. I would much rather be authentic to who I am and have you always comfortable and talking to me than always have some super strict formal that would make people more uncomfortable. So yeah. I, I hope for anyone listening and hopefully there's tons and tons of you yeah. own your authentic self and do not let people tear that away from you. Seek the people who bring that out and polish it up in you. That's fantastic. That's a tweetable moment. I have to, I'm going to borrow that own your authentic self. Um, I think you hit on something that's really, um, special um it's really knowing who you are at a core um and i have to say it, it took me some time just to 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 be okay with that you know i have a lot of energy so people instantly say you should be in sales why are you in tech but then i realized i could train people also that's what started my youtube channel most trainers yeah. are usually monotone and boring and you don't want to watch the whole thing so i'm like i just brought some of that energy there and it was okay and i say that if you have our, our differences is what makes us unique and what makes us special. Um, and it makes us stand out and don't be afraid to stand out. Um, and, and that's one of the things I want to do this, um, this, this podcast, right? Because the first thing I ask myself, I'm doing a woman in tech podcast, but I'm not a woman, right? So why am I doing this? You know, how is it? But I love that. You're right? an ally. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. I think that's awesome. You should be celebrated for it. Oh yeah. So yeah. But at the same time, like, I didn't want people to think I'm just doing this for clout or for attention. And, you know, so I went to some of my closest friends. I went to my wife to say, all right, how does this sound? And they're like, well, we, you're doing it for your daughter. You know, it's real. Like, you know, just say that. Be real. What I, what I was trying to just hit on is it's okay. It was a little bit nerve-wracking starting it to see how people was going to take it. But I'm glad I did it. Of The stories I got to share, the people, the impact that I heard and the impact I haven't heard. Um, from it. And then the great thing is not only for me, it helped me grow. I saw some areas where I had blinders on that I didn't know or preconceived judgments that I've been doing. Right. And then I got to learn. Then I had other guys come up to me saying the same thing. So now I got my son on the way. I can show him how it is to be an ally, how to show him how to be a partner there. Right. It's do something that's beyond yourself. And again, not making it about yourself, because what I found is the people who have been joining, they already had an amazing story. You already trailblazed already. You international made went to Clemson, Baylor. You taking on teams, you're leading teams. You already did all the work. All I did is provide a platform to amplify your story, right? And that's just a gift that I always had that I'm using for something else. So stay true to yourself. That's one thing I just found that that really resonated for me is it took me a, to, it took me a while to be comfortable with who I was and what I was doing. And even though it's not the typical tech person or the typical marketing person, it's just typical me, you know? So, and that's all that matters, right? Um, so I thought that was fantastic that you said. And this kind of goes in to the next question. What's your passion? Um, what really gets you going? And uh, what keeps you just trailblazing? Because your job is a lot, you know? Having, you know, your, I know you got a lot going on in your personal life. How do you keep everything in order? What's the fuel? I'm profoundly lucky. Um, I have an amazing manager. Yep. And my manager 
luckily has taken the time to get to know me and he's great. And he said, kind of go forth and be successful. I have the freedom to succeed. I have the ability to fail and I have the ability to learn. And that gift has kind of allowed me to stroke my passion. I said, I'm a, I'm a people person. I love folks. I love to meet people and spend time. And one of the things I'm passionate about is helping women within tech. I know I felt awkward when I first started. I remember a moment back when I started at Microsoft, we had offices with doors, which was, you know, <laughs> takes a minute. We were before the cubes yep. and the open concept. Yep. And I walked in and to your point, my computer was on my desk, all in the box, everything in the boxes. And they're like, have a great first day. And I was, do I set it up? What if I set it up wrong? Should I have passwords? Is there like an admin password to start me off to then move? Like, I didn't know what to do. And that moment of anxiety and having no one to reach out to, yeah. it felt terrible. So I think we are fantastic at having organizations and groups that support women. Yeah. I want to coach women. My passion is not only to make sure you feel the community, but to give you the safe space to coach and learn and grow. We have fantastic ERGs at Microsoft. One that I get to do a lot of work with is our women at Microsoft ERG. And they are wonderful at bringing in speakers, both internally and externally, so we can hear stories and learn from each other. And the pivot that I take is we are women in tech And I'm going to coach you. So once a month, we've got a thousand people. And depending on schedules, we'll get a mix of who can come. We provide real live executive coaching every month. These are the same executive coaches that here at Microsoft, our CVPs, our EVPs are using. And Lang International is one that we we lean into. They are co-partners with me on this. They are female-owned, which I love. So they already kind of speak our language and know how women think. And we do. We provide real-life coaching on different topics. So it's everything from how do you handle connects, which for those outside of Microsoft, that's our performance reviews that we have. How do you ask for feedback? How do you act on it? How do you handle transitions? How do we brag? Women are terrible at bragging. We'll tell you all the amazing things that our friends, our spouses, our peers, our kids did. We will not tell you anything that we've ever done for ourselves. So how do you brag? And that's kind of a controversial word. Not everyone likes to use that word. So you might want to say, how do you champion yourself? And we're really focusing on how do we give these women very tactical, real coaching to try to advance them in the workplace. Because we do, we wanna keep seeing women growing and advancing. And that's something, the pandemic has been hard. We've lost a lot of women in the workforce. And I am, like I said, profoundly grateful because my boss believes in diversity inclusion. I believe in diversity inclusion. And I've been granted the budget, the time and the space to make this passion something that I really drive here at Microsoft. And I love it. So for anyone who's joining Microsoft, Come find me, look for me, look for our group. There are a thousand women who want to support you, who want to be part of your community. We're here to coach you, to grow you, to nurture you. And gentlemen, if you want to join, we are inclusive. All are welcome. Um, One of my favorite guys in the group, I won't call him out. I want to embarrass him. Um, But he said, it just, it hit me in the feels. 
he was like, these women are going to be my boss one day and I want to yeah. be on the journey with them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love you. I love you for that. That's awesome. And it reminds me a lot of kind of your mindset slide and how you're wanting to amplify and provide a path and a voice and a collection of strong women to help aspire and bring others to the table. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. It was making me tear up. I'm feeling everything you just said right there. And um, Microsoft did do a great job. Because the first, I think one of my training I had to take was allyship. Because I didn't even know what I was doing was had a name to it, right? So I was just doing it. And I'm like, hey, this is what I'm kind of doing. Like, I am yes. an ally, you know? So they're like, I didn't even know what that was in the beginning. So that's why I had those feelings, right? So the one thing that I found in Microsoft is that we are inclusive. Like, um, like I'm a part of women in, in, in tech at Microsoft. I enjoy I get to listen in. I get to hear. I get to listen to some of the stories they share, um, the powerful stories, right? Um, and just be a part of it and just, you know, just just again, being an ally and just being someone who can just, just listen. Like you said, I, I'm excited. You know, I got a chance to talk to Deb Cup for the women in GPS US. We did a Getting yeah. What You're Worth event about negotiation and how she has, you know, gotten to where she is and negotiating fearlessly. And then listening to Rodney Clark and listening to Tyler Bryson, right? Getting yeah. those diverse mindset on how you manage and really getting it from the C, the C-suite, right? Because sometimes we don't get those conversations. We don't get those opportunities to hear how they got there and how they overcame some of the adversities that they had in their life. So what you're doing is great because it sounds like mentorship, but it also sounds almost like sponsorship at the same time, because I found when you're in these groups, not only do you, you're getting mentored and getting these skills that will help transform your career, you're also building relationships so eventually those could become sponsors as well. So um, that that's excellent that you're doing. And I make sure to... Uh, I think that's what really I find a difference in being successful. It's great to have a mentor, but do you have someone who champions you? Because you're right. Some like for me, I don't mind sharing my story. People say it's bragging. I just say I want no, my story to be heard. I'm championing myself, and I want to control the storyline for me. Right? Some people don't can't do that. So how can you? help champion someone else uh, help them find their voice to champion themselves right so i think what you're doing is fantastic and you know I, i'm going to continue to be a part of it and just uh, be Love a part that. of the journey right because that's the fun part right like i have a daughter i want by the time she gets here and i'm starting to think about retiring the beach is almost right there for me <laughs> whatever i decide to do with my wife and i i want her to feel like you know these obstacles, these ain't the conversation we have. We're not talking about women in tech. We're talking about leaders in tech. And now we know leaders encompasses women instead of putting them outside. I think we're even beyond that now, right? Um, like I want to even change the title to dynamic women in tech because it's just not a lady in tech. It's more what you're delivering. So for our children and out there that I want them to live in a world with these conversations you know, we still have them, but they're not the norm anymore because, you know, we get into a more inclusive world. So that's something that I want to be a part of and be that, you know, that little flame, right, you know, amongst the other little flames. So we can um, just keep this um, lit. So this goes into our, um, you know, next question is what are some of your favorite books or podcasts that you like to share with my audience? So I, I do actually I have my own. So I will plug a little. I do a, yeah. a badge me up, Scotty. Because I kind of think the fun play on words. Um, But one of the things I love to read, that's definitely a happy place for me. I like to sit down with a good book. um, And I'm old school. I like the feel of a book in my hand. And I really do enjoy Reese Witherspoon's book club. And I think part of it, I like her as 
a person, an actress, her public persona. Yeah. One of the things that she said recently, I guess probably two years ago now, so recently, um, that really just kind of made me nod and take notice. She started her own production company. And she was being honored at a woman's dinner. And they had kind of asked, like, how did you start this? And she said, you know, coming up and growing up in Hollywood, because she started acting when she was like 12, you know, all of the roles for women, at some point in time in the script, the woman was like, what do I do? And she's like, it drove me nuts. She was like, we teach our children if something's ever wrong, look for the mom. You know, if you get separated, if you get lost, look for a mom. If we are in the middle of a catastrophe, you have moms over there who are cooking, baking, organizing, sending. Like, women do it all. They will shop, package, wrap, paint rooms, do I mean, female, like, there's just everything. And it was driving her crazy that women are portrayed as not knowing what to do. So she used her own money, started her own production company. And what she was doing was picking books with female leads and turning them into movies. Mm. So Gone Girl, where the crawdads sing, is one of my favorite books. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's a great, strong female character in there. And she's taking these female authors with female leads who are strong, beautiful, complex women and turning them then into movies and creating roles for women who are in the industry where they know what to do. And we're socializing that. We're celebrating it. So I I tend to follow her book club pretty regularly now because I always read about these women that become so real. You know, when you're reading, you get wrapped up in the story and you identify with them or you're inspired by them or you pick bits of them out going, I need to see the world through through those glasses. Um, And I just I think that's that's really cool. And of course, I'm going to go there. I do love me some Oprah. I yeah. do. Yeah. You know, my my folks ended up retiring um, in Mississippi, not too far outside of New Orleans. And I think Oprah, having growing up there, is such an influence. And I'm constantly amazed at all of the things that she can quietly influence. When she influences big, she influences yeah. huge. But I think she also has a really beautiful way of continuing to quietly influence female-owned, female-led, diversity-owned, minority-owned. And she does it subtly and, and gracefully. And I just think that's really beautiful. And I saw something. Yeah, I listened to Super Soul Song Sunday by um, Oprah. I start that off. That one gets me going. Like She's trailblazer. Like, for me to be a better, you know, even interviewer. Like, I went back and started looking at some of her content. Yeah. There's a way she can orate and get people excited. Her preparation for the conversation, the little details that she asks, um, the ability to ask a confrontational question but not be confrontational. She just invites you to have the conversation. is pretty impactful. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then you're right, you know, like, um, being able to show the different representations. Like, my wife got a two masters at 25 and I was struggling wow. to get one bachelor's at 24, you know? So, you know, I seen that or the other day we had to put together this new kitchen for my daughter. 
I'm terrible at putting things together. My wife puts seventy five percent of that together, and I'm I'm comfortable in myself saying that she's <laughs> way better at doing that than I am, right? You know, so it's just the, these different roles that they set for us. Like I remember I had an interviewer, and I was applying for a new job. And I told her, like, what's the paternity leave look like? She was like, what you mean with the paternity leave? Like, well, I need to make sure I have some time off when this, um, the baby coming. But you're not the one that's having the baby. But, yeah, I need to be there with my child. Like, do we have some? You get a week. I'm like, a week? What am I supposed to do with a week? You know? Oh. So, you know, it was just, it was different. Like, she couldn't believe that I was so adamant on the paternity leave because she's like, she don't really see men caring that much for it. And I don't do it just because I want time off. I do it because I want to bond, right? That's the beginning of a relationship that I want to have for my entire life. It should actually be longer than my entire life, right? You know? Um, So I want to make sure to start off right. You don't start off a new job and and then you're only halfway in there, right? You know, you got to give your whole feet. Same thing with the baby, you know? So I found out those preconceived norms um, you, I, I want to help, you know, influence those, right? So, yeah, those are those are some great stories, uh, great recommendations, and I'll make sure to put the links um, down there inside the show notes. Um, and before we go, uh, I want to give you a chance: is how can someone contact you? I I am available, and please don't ever be shy. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jennifer yeah. Crescenti Reader. Got the maiden name still shout out there. Yeah. Um, if you're at Microsoft, I'm J E R H E D at Microsoft.com. Please feel free. LinkedIn, message me, grab me at Microsoft, join the community. I truly believe, you know, together all boats rise. So I I am here to do my part in making that happen. All right, great. Well, I don't want this. Um, interview to end because it's been fantastic, uh, but it has to. You're so kind. you're kind. You know, <laughs> Sly Gittins and Jennifer are out. Peace. <laughs>